Hi, this is Carol Miller, and welcome to our Get the Let Out calendar. On August 27th, 1994, Jimmy Page and Robert Plant had just completed filming a pair of secret shows in London before an invitation-only audience. Page and Plant revisited Led Zeppelin songs with not only a full backing band, but also a multicultural orchestra. Robert said, Everybody from Michael and Charlie, the rhythm section, to Nigel Eaton, the hurdy-gurdy player, Paul Thompson from The Cures joined us, the Egyptians, Hussam Ramsey, all the people around, Najma Akhtar, the Indian singer. Everybody has kind of added their enthusiasm to it because I guess if we were at the, at the actual base of it, at the root of it, Jimmy and myself, I think the music encouraged the people so much to... So their contribution really developed it. I mean, it was very inspiring the way that the Egyptians really took to the songs. On August 28, 1970, Led Zeppelin performed at Detroit's Olympia Stadium, where they played a total of three shows over the years, first in 69 and 70, before they played Kobo Arena in 72 and 73, and returned to Olympia Stadium in 75. You got all that? Here's Robert Plant introducing a song in Detroit in 73. The experiences that you get when you travel around places in India, Japan, Bangkok. In the end, you find that the song remains the same. Compared with Detroit in 75. Well, we went right around the world in a big circle and we came to the conclusion that I believe in all these different people, colors, trees, languages and everything. Fifteen years ago, on August 29, 2003, John Paul Jones was at the Hard Rock Cafe in Tokyo where he was getting ready for a concert series called Guitar Wars. He would be playing a few Zeppelin songs and more, including this encore with former Genesis guitarist Steve Hackett and singer Gary Sharon and guitarist Nuno Betancourt, both from the band Extreme. <laughs> On August 30th, 1969, Jimmy Page was in New York taking part in the final mixing session for Led Zeppelin II. He received the sole production credit for the album, while engineer Eddie Kramer often suggests he co-produced. Regardless of that debate, we can hear what Whole Lot of Love might have sound like without both Eddie and Jimmy twisting knobs to create the final mix. Does anybody remember laughter? As the song begins, Robert Plant chuckles at something. <laughs> 50 years ago, on August 31st, 1968, the band that would become Led Zeppelin were about to begin a new month, one where manager Peter Grant would take this band straight from the rehearsal room and place them in clubs and parks in Denmark and Sweden. John Paul Jones explains how Peter Grant handled the business side and left the music to the musicians. He believed in us right from the word go. Basically what he did was say that I'll take care of the business and all out outside distractions and I'll keep them away from you. And you just get on with the music. And he said, you do it your way, I'm not gonna say anything about it. I'm not gonna tell you you should do this or do that or 
You, you're a musician, you do the music. On September 3rd, 1970, Led Zeppelin's audience at the San Diego Sports Arena was so noisy between songs that Jimmy Page gave up trying to tune his acoustic guitar. He was trying to play his acoustic instrumental, Ronoror, but he couldn't hear over all the crowd noise. Robert Plant told off the audience. In case you couldn't make it out, Robert said, he can't tune the guitar when it's only an acoustic guitar. You've all got acoustic guitars at home, and you know what it's like trying to play it with the television on. On September 4th, 1970, Led Zeppelin played to a capacity crowd at the Fabulous Forum in Inglewood, California, their second concert at the LA area venue in six months. When that Fats Domino song was Zeppelin's choice for an encore, they had no idea that a tape of the show was to be released unofficially. Bootlegs usually angered Zeppelin's manager, Peter Grant, but he did seem impressed by this particular recording. That was recorded by uh, radio transmitters, and that's transmits outside to a mobile recording track. On September 5th, 1966, Rolling Stones founding member Brian Jones was at a London recording studio recording some solo material for a soundtrack album, A Degree of Murder. One of the studio musicians on Brian's album was Jimmy Page, who played some guitar with a violin bow that was suggested to him by a fellow studio musician. One of the violinists came to me one day and he said, have you ever considered playing the guitar with a bow? And I said, well, I don't think it'll work. And he said, well, here's my bow. Would you like to try? And I said, absolutely. So I tried it and uh, I could see there was massive potential. By September 6th, 1968, the members of Jimmy Page's New Yardbirds had just played on a new album. And it's not the debut Led Zeppelin album I'm talking about. This also took place at Olympic Sound Studios in London, but a full month before Zeppelin's own recording sessions. For one of John Paul Jones's last projects as a musical arranger before concentrating fully on the new band, he hired his fellow bandmates to accompany him. In April 1969, the LP was released as Three Weeks Hero by American singer PJ Proby, but the album did not achieve cult status until much later when people finally began to recognize the famous backing band. Fifty years ago, on September 7, 1968, Jimmy Page brought his three new bandmates to their very first gig. They played a pair of shows at two different teen clubs around Copenhagen. For the next week, they would be shuffling all around Denmark and Sweden, bringing their early Zeppelin material to unsuspecting audiences who'd come to see the Oddbirds. From the end of 68, here's some improvisation from the earliest Zeppelin show known to exist. This is Carol Miller. Thanks for getting the let out. Check back next week for another Get the Let Out Calendar podcast.